Welcome back to the We Just Talk Wrestling podcast, everyone. Kyle, Dylan, and Christian back at it with another episode today reviewing Impact's Bound for Glory event. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. Also, if you are currently listening, give us a five-star review if you could. But Dylan, what happened in WWE this week? All right, so I'm going to dive into the WWE news story this week uh, first. So... We talked about last week how Triple H is now 100% in control of creative. At least that's what the report is saying. And a lot of things have been affected. Obviously, you've seen a bunch of wrestlers who normally weren't getting used that are on TV. He's inserted in the IC title picture. Uh, Tegan Knox is, is competing for the internet. We've, we've seen a change. The one thing, according to Fightful, that is not going to change is Roman Reigns and the whole Bloodline story because, according to Fightful, nothing to do with it. He was not booking Roman Reigns. Paul, Michael Hayes, and Triple H had been the ones behind all the Bloodline stuff, most specifically Paul Heyman and Michael Hayes. Uh, Hayes has been the producer for most of the Bloodline segments that we've seen over the last year, year and a half or so. Um, And Paul Heyman is actually kind of the one backstage advocating who's the one to beat Roman Reigns, which we all suspect it's going to be Cody Rhodes. But with increasing popularity from different superstars, apparently Paul Heyman is being trusted, as well as Roman Reigns, being trusted that if they see fit, they can pull the trigger on whenever this title gets dropped. Um, so before I dive into Raw and SmackDown, what do you guys think of that revelation that maybe it is Michael Hayes and Paul Heyman and a little bit of Roman Reigns and Triple H, the masterminds behind the Bloodline stuff? Yeah, since a little before, like, Sami Zayn got into the fray of the Bloodline, you can definitely see, like, a spark in this whole storyline, and I would not be shocked if, you know, Paul Heyman had his whole hands over it. Uh, it does seem a little bit like Triple H to me as well with how entertaining it is. Um, definitely not something that uh, I would suspect something that Vince McMahon would write. But um, right, it, it's been it's been good, man. It's been good, and uh, let's just uh, keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know Paul Heyman is a, has a genius wrestling mind, so it doesn't necessarily shock me. And I mean, I don't know. Roman seems like a pretty smart guy himself. So oh yeah, I, mean, I don't know what you guys think about that, but. Say which one about his in-ring work and what he can do in the ring. Definitely a smart guy as far as pro wrestling comes and the ability to storytell. So, well, I mean, I look mean, who his family is. I mean, the family he comes from knows the wrestling business, so. right? Yeah. So none of this really comes as a shock to me that this is Triple H, Paul Heyman, Michael Hayes, and if there is a little bit of Roman Reigns mixed in, which, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised because this is Reign. And he's probably picked a lot of his opponents. He probably did pick LA Knight, to be honest with you. So uh, I, I think it was maybe Roman, but mostly Saudi, in my opinion. Yeah, but. it says, um, well, according to Fightful, the LA Knight push to face Roman Reigns was already planned before Vince McMahon left. So it doesn't say that Vince necessarily picked it, but... Reports were saying that before Vince was like fully removed recently when he had his like hip surgery or mm. back surgery or whatever, and now Triple H is just kind of taken over again, um, mm. that Vince was very high on LA Knight. Apparently, obviously, we all find that kind of hard to believe because he stuck him with the max. To... But I don't know. Maybe he saw what LA Knight can actually do because we know he didn't watch NXT. Uh, we know he's no. not watching other promotions like Impact. So, um 
he probably saw how charismatic and entertaining he was and was like, oh, well, you know, crowd seems to be getting behind him. Let's give him a push. And then I think Triple H just kind of took it over and just amplified it. So maybe he wasn't supposed to face Roman Reigns, but getting the big push that he's getting now apparently has always been in the works. Yeah. Just maybe not this high, but who knows? All right, let's go to Raw and uh, SmackDown. Yeah, so let's dive into Raw here. Piper Neven defeated Natalia in uh, singles action with the running cross body. Uh, Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre come face-to-face to discuss their World Heavyweight title match at Crown Jewel. Um, oh. It's a pretty straightforward promo. Um, I don't think it's going to light the world on fire. Um, but Rollins did show footage of McIntyre hanging out with Rhea Ripley. So they've been kind of teasing the whole Drew McIntyre heel turn. We haven't really fully seen it, but that's kind of what this segment teased a little more. Uh, Ludwig Kaiser defeated Johnny Gargano in singles action with help from Giovanni Vinci to steal the win. So definitely not a clean finish. Uh, Rhea Ripley defeated... Yeah, Rhea Ripley defeated Shayna Baszler via DQ after being struck by Zoe Stark. Uh, the match broke down when Nia Jax attempted to interfere herself, which then brought out Raquel Rodriguez. Um, Adam Pierce later in the show confirmed that Rhea Ripley will now defend her women's world title at Crown Jewel in a fatal five-way match. So it'll be Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark, Nia Jax, and Raquel Rodriguez. In a five-way for the women's world title. That's going to be a lot of fun. I love it. Uh, Intercontinental Championship match. Walter successfully retains the Intercontinental Championship over Bronson Reed. If you're into Haas fights, that's what this was. Um, Yeah, this was was a lot of fun. Very hard-hitting, very stiff at moments. Um, I hope this isn't the last we've seen of Bronson. Like I said, he's seen a big resurgence since Triple H has taken over control more and more. I hope this isn't the last we've seen of him in the title picture. Uh, also, Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Ricochet in a pretty entertaining Falls Count Anywhere match. At one point, uh, Ricochet looked at Gregory Helms backstage when they were going through Gorilla, and he was like, step aside, there's a Ricochet coming through. And, dude, the look on Gregory Helms' face was priceless. Like, I don't <laughs> think that was planned. That was total improv, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was <laughs> Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but the moment that had everyone talking after Raw, uh, there was a WWE tag team title match on Raw. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso defend the titles against Damian Priest and Finn Balor. And I feel like this match maybe wasn't as good as, as what we got um, at Fastlane, but I feel like this was still pretty entertaining. There's clearly yep. chemistry between these two teams. Also, just look at the four guys in the ring. Priest has really come into his own. Balor's a world-class wrestler, I think. Cody's on another level, and Jay has really grown into this uh, this new babyface character uh, separate from Jimmy. I almost called it a singles character, but he's technically in a team, but he's also yep. kind of like doing his own th- yeah. I, I, I don't know yep. how to describe it. Yeah. Um, but it was Judgment Day who picked up the wins after Jimmy Uso got involved, super kicking Jay. Uh, Balor hits the coup de gras, one, two, three. And Priest and Balor, the Judgment Day, are now tag team champions. This sent social media into a downward spiral. Everyone thought this was stupid. Why put the titles? I know what Christian's about to say. Um, so we can let him go first and give his thoughts. I'm not mad at the move, and I'll explain a little yeah, later. But I'm what do you guys exactly, think? I am exactly with you, but we'll let Christian go first. What do you I, think, Christian? It's this whole hot 
potato thing. I knew it. I knew it was coming. It is making these titles just feel worthless right now. We have. I know Kyle. I know what Kyle's about to say. I know. I get it. Story. Whatever. But you couldn't have let them hold it a little bit longer. Like, really? The, The plan, dude, when they won those titles, everyone. Should have known they were not holding it for long. No, literally no, no, no. the whole idea for them winning the titles was to work around the brand split and have that stare down with Roman and Cody. Yeah. Like that was like the main reason. So, and then like you have Jimmy cost. I think with you having Jimmy cost Jay a title. I mean, we'll get the SmackDown. It amplifies mm-hmm. this whole bloodline judgment day versus you know team cody thing yeah like dude once we get to war games dude this match is going to be one of the most like personal well thought stories we've seen in a while for war games so i'm digging it yeah the only thing so yeah this title was never going to be a long title reign and i could i can kind of see where like christian was coming from his fast lane because he's like judgment day didn't hold the titles long we all knew this title reign wasn't gonna last it wasn't gonna be an eight month reign between these two um but to be honest with the story currently being told i think the only further you could have drawn this out was crown jewel i think they dropped the belts at crown jewel and it sets up whatever's going to go down at survivor series whether it be just the traditional survivor series or war games there's a lot of speculation that it is going to be War Games, nothing official, yeah. but also Survivor Series is practically sold out. They actually had to expand seating, um, so they didn't really need War Games to be the selling point of the show. So that's why I think they may be waiting to actually announce it because the show's already sold out. People are going to go regardless. Yeah. Um, but even if they don't do War Games, I think you still get some sort of Survivor Series match between Team Bloodline versus Team Cody, or maybe you call it Team Jimmy versus Team Jay. Uh, before I they have they a one on one down the road, but I think they do war games. They're not doing it because they they want you to be excited for Crown Jewel. Yes, yeah. yeah, they don't want you to look past Crown Jewel. So yeah. look for possibly the Raw after Crown Jewel. We're gonna get some uh, definitive Survivor Series plans, possibly with a uh, war game. Yeah, we'll see what I'll happens. SmackDown. Yeah, but let's move on to SmackDown here. Montez Ford defeated Santos Escobar via pinfall and singles action with the roll up. Uh, Carlito came out post match. Um, to save Escobar from a beatdown from the Street Profits. We got a really cool video package uh, with Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. Remember, they were called up um, over the spring or summer, whenever the brand split happened uh, for the draft. They haven't really been used on the main roster a ton. They were really only used to drop their NXT tag titles. Um, um, so this looks like it's about to be their, their new resurgence um, going after the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Um, A little backstory to this next tidbit for SmackDown, the United States title picture. Um, It has been officially announced, or the the challenge has been official now from both sides. Uh, Rey Mysterio is going to face Logan Paul at Crown Jewel, defending his United States championship. A lot of people people go, what the hell, this is out of nowhere. It's Saudi. Yes and no. It is Saudi, and obviously Logan Paul is a big deal. You're going to put a big name on that kind of show. But also number two is Logan Paul had a boxing match about a week or so ago, maybe a week and a half ago, and he actually called out Rey Mysterio in his post-fight interview, yeah. um, kind of planting the seeds. So you, so you knew this is where this is going. Um, I think this is the time to potentially pull the trigger 
if Logan Paul is ever going to win a title in WWE, this is the time to do it, I think. Yeah. And uh, did you do the, the turn with Elda or the uh, Legado del Fantasma? Yeah. I'd like it. I'd like it. They don't necessarily have to be paired with Logan Paul, but having some sort of screwy finish, getting heel heat for Logan Paul, he's going to hold that title until he probably loses it to LA Knight. LA Knight at Mania. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe at Mania, maybe at the Rumble, so LA Knight can go into Mania as a champion. Um, but we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, Austin Theory and Grayson Waller defeated Cameron Grimes and Dragon Lee uh, in tag team action. Uh, Kevin Owens did a sit-down interview discussing his move to SmackDown. Uh, Owens said he was disappointed uh, being split up from Sami Zayn, who stayed on Raw, so that tag team seems to be no more, except for maybe the occasional run-in to kind of help each other possibly a war games um but he's very excited and looking forward you know a typical babyface promo blah 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 blah. uh we had a wwe women's championship match between eo sky and charlotte flair uh eo sky does pick up the win and successfully retains the title um damage control tried to beat down charlotte flair post-match but we got the return of bianca belair to kind of even the odds a little bit Um, pretty pretty uh, predictable stuff there, I feel like. Um, but also, LA Knight um, and Roman Reigns will have their official contract signing next week on SmackDown, I believe is what it yep. said. On FS1. Um, yeah, so Roman, since SmackDown being moved to FS1, I'm assuming that's why they did this, put some sort of big segment there. Um, John Cena was also on SmackDown this week. Um, and he mentioned how he hasn't won a singles match in over 2,000 days. That's crazy to think about. That never crossed my mind. He said it was, I think, like May of 20. I, I could be wrong on the month, but 2018 was the last time John Cena has won a singles match televised in WWE. Um. He was later attacked by Jimmy Uso and the Bloodline, so I would assume Cena's wrestling a crown jewel. You're not going to. It's either some... Jimmy or Solo. Yeah, I would personally I do Solo, but ah, uh, that's what I was going to say. Think I, say I, solo. Think, I think they're going to do Jimmy though, because I, I think I think they're going to want. I the only reason why I say Jimmy is because I think they're going to want him to get as much momentum as possible on this road to Mania, so when that that match happens with Jay. Yeah. Um, speaking of SmackDown, one final thought. Um, new SmackDown general manager, Nick Aldis, uh, fined Jay Uso $10,000 for invading SmackDown Ooh. and attacking one of his superstars. Uh, so Nick Aldis clearly playing the heel GM here. Um, Adam Pierce was also present, and he said that if we're finding Jay that much money, we should find Jimmy that much money because he invaded Raw and attacked um, Jay Uso and got involved in the title match. Um, <laughs> Aldis said this was his show, and he asked security to escort Adam Pierce and Jay Uso out of the building. And that is when Adam Pierce kind of dropped a little subtle hint, and some people may not have caught it, but it caught me. He said, Let the games begin. <laughs> One of two things is happening here. Either they are going to do a really well thought out Raw versus SmackDown thing at Survivor Series, which I know no one's really a big fan of, but I trust Triple H more than Vince, and I think he'd make it work. Or we're getting War Games. 
Um, but very, very exciting stuff from WWE this week. Um, what do you guys think before we move on? Yeah, I think WWE was very solid this week. Um, yeah. You know, was it up to par as like two weeks ago? No, but it was still a very good show. And um, I, I think there's a lot of interesting things going on, um, especially the Raw Women's title scene. I think it is the most loaded. like impressive. It's the most intriguing kind of storyline that they have had for that title in a very long time. Yeah, I am. I have. I have no excited. idea who's walking out of Crown Jewel as champion. I'd like to, my, my pick right now is Rhea, but it's I think Rhea. it is very wide open the way they built up the other four, though. Oh, no. oh, see, that's the thing. Like all of them, you know, Zoe Stark was standing tall it's, at one it's, of the. Uh, it's very believable that any one of the five is going to win. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. very good week though. Yep. Christian, you got anything? Uh, you talked about the Raw women's title picture. I want to talk a little bit about the SmackDown women's title picture. I get it. I get why Bianca came back for this. But she's going to get another title match. Uh, now let's do some critical thinking here. Charlotte just lost. Who does WWE want to be the face of, uh, or of, of the women's division on SmackDown? It's not. Why? Might Eo- be Jade, Jade Cargo. Probably Jade. Well, okay. <laughs> right now, no. Yeah. Before Jade. Yeah. I, dude, honestly, like, I think EO is going to, like, since it wasn't Charlotte, I just kind of think they're kind of ride with EO for a while. Uh, I think I we're all just biding our time until Jade is ready. I, I honest to God believe that. I think Bianca <sighs> offer very soon. I don't uh, well, think- I, well, see, here's the thing, like, I, I think there's going to be a story here, and I, I could see potentially having Bianca turn heel because they Triple H knows they cannot have this same Bianca Belair character. There's no way you can do it. No, no it is not interesting, it. and you can't yeah. have her as the same t- champion. So I think this is all leading to Kyrie Sane coming back. I mean, that's and then she's oh. and she's just inserted, and maybe you do some kind of war games with them. That, the only thing I the only thing I can think of about Kyrie Sane is maybe when Bailey and Dakota potentially turn on EO, that's when Kyrie comes in and evens the odds. You think Dakota's also gonna turn on EO? Yes. That's interesting. I, I, I think really I think, think Dakota's that. gonna stay as Bailey's like protege. They're gonna continue the heel stuff, and then EO's gonna turn babyface, because dude, she has babyface written all over her. The moveset. Like the facial expressions, like I think she's a better baby face than a heel. She also gets- that match on Friday was really good, very good. Like yeah. hey, Charlotte, say what you want. I'd rather have Charlotte than Bianca. I'm not. I'm not. I agree. I'm I not agree. gonna lie to you. Unless we get a character change in Bianca, I'd rather have Charlotte. I'd rather have neither. I'm sick of seeing them both. Who do you want? Anybody but them. <laughs> that doesn't help. All well, right, Jade's getting the strap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we are going to uh, move on to AEW this week. All right, got a little bit of a loaded week here, so let's start off with Dynamite. In the opening match, we've seen Jay White defeat Penta L Zero in a pretty entertaining match. Uh, Dylan, did you watch Dynamite this week? Uh, no. Well, you missed a good match. Uh, I know. An, a title eliminator match with women's world title with a card beating Emmy Sakura. I'm a little bit new to Emmy Sakura, but she looked pretty good in this match. Yeah, for her for her age, I yeah. think she's what 46, 47, something like Dude, that. She, she can still go, man. Like she's like right now, I, she's better than most of the women they show every week. 
So, and that includes Britt Baker. Hot take. But go on. But are they going to have any stock in her? No. no. We had another Wardlow squash match this week, defeating Ryan Nemeth. Gee, a Wardlow squash match on AEW TV. <laughs> yeah. <Jack. laughs> In the Aussie, Aussies Open, Kyle Fletcher take on Kenny Omega with Kenny Omega picking up the win there via the one-wing angel, which is a move I absolutely love. Yep. Before I cover the main event, got some rather sad news. Sting has announced he will be officially retiring at Revolution 2024. So I know that's a little bit ways away, but when, when the time does come, thank you, Sting. Thank you for all the great memories. And in the main event, we have the Diamond Dozen Battle Royal. And in typical AEW fashion, they didn't swerve us. They picked the obvious winner in Juice Robinson. I do think, yes, it is the correct winner, but it's just way predictable. This, uh, this match was boring. Yeah. yeah. I, it was very, very boring. I was not invested at all from the start of this match. And we all know Juice Robinson isn't winning. He should. I think he should win because that would add a little bit more, you know, fuel to the fire. But he's not going. I mean, he should so he can get that gold tooth. But yeah. <laughs> On the rampage, Mystico defeated Rocky Romero in a two out of three falls match. Uh, shocker! A two out of three falls match went to all three falls. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> it's only like I was complaining about that two weeks ago on our uh, match type bracket. But anyways. John Silver defeated Brothers Zay and Kip Sabian in triple threat number one contenders match for the international title. So he will face or Cassidy this upcoming week on Dynamite for the title. The Blackpool Combat Club defeated Exodus Prime and Brian Keith in trios tag action. And in the main event, Ruby Soho defeated Sky Blue. This sucks for Sky Blue, man. <laughs> but I mean, they have direction for her, but I just don't know how that's going to go. But go on. Uh, I'll there. On a collision, Brian Danielson defeated Andrade El Idolo in a very solid contest. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, imagine if these guys were in WWE. Just just imagine. Well, imagine you had this in black and gold like that. Whew. Oh, That's yeah. It's true. Go on. Guy Blue did uh, regain some momentum this week on collision, defeating Hollywood Haley via a roll-up. I don't know why this needed to be a roll-up to win, but... Anyways, the guns, Austin and Colton, squashed the outrunners. And in the most... Conf- the m- result that I'm most conflicted about this week, Jeff Jarrett defeated Eddie Kingston in a Memphis street fight. Uh, what's, your, what's your beef with my guy, uh, J-E-double-F? Why is Jeff Jarrett beating Eddie Kingston? Because he's J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T. This whole feud should not be happening. Let's all be honest here. But it did take like four people to beat him. That is true. So it is a little bit affected, but... But this should not be the feud that's going on. No. No, no. God, no. Makes no sense. Yeah, no. AEW. I don't need Jeff Jarrett in title matches. Nice. Honestly, I don't even really need Jeff Jarrett, but no, they should focus is... on you know the other guys in that group. Yeah, yeah, it's just fun to say his name. That's why I like when Jeff Jarrett pops up on TV. But Kyle, unfortunately, they won't do that. No, I think they might have something with Satnam Singh, but I don't think they're going to try. Uh, but anyways, a little bit more. 
Miro defeated Action Andretti in singles action. And in the main event of Collision, we saw the tag team titles being defended with Ricky Starks and Big Bill retaining their tag titles against Wheeler Yuta and Claudio Castagnoli to cap off AEW TV this week. Well, look, I thought AEW was fine this week. They just... There's some names they just don't have any direction for. And it's it's really annoying. It yeah. is really annoying with these names they have. Like Kyle Fletcher, okay, I face Kenny Omega. But I really do like Kyle Fletcher, and I think he could be a mid-card type guy, even though he is in a tag team. That's just my opinion, though. No, he's good. Yeah, I really like him. I like the Aussie. Yeah, I, I, I think AEW's you know, up and down. Like, the, the trios title scene right now was not great. Um, the international title, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't care about it, especially with Orange Cassidy back as a champion. I really don't care. Um, uh, what else? The the women's title, I mean, who cares? Unfortunately, there's a lot of talent in that division, but... Um, well, I, only put stock in four names in that division. Hard to get yeah, that. and even the tag titles right now. Like, I love Starks and Bill, but, like, they're even you know, kind of outliers. It's really just like the top, it's the TNT title and the world title that matters, but we'll just have to see where it goes. Yeah, probably. Probably. probably All right, nowhere. so you got thoughts? No. I'm, I'm, I just feel like I say the same stuff every week when it comes to AEW. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch Dynamite Live. I had a hectic week at work, but I did go back and watch some of the clips and, I don't know, dude. I don't know what's up with AEW. I thought when Punk left or was forced to leave, product would get better, and maybe it will. Um, they just need to improve in everything other than the world title. That's been their thing for four years now. Hey, Christian the... Cage has been awesome. Yes, oh. yes. Christian is is probably the best heel in wrestling. That's my hot take this week. Um, but this group. AEW has has always booked the world title well. And then everything else always kind of played second fiddle, unless the Bucks were involved in the tag titles. Yeah, that's kind of it, um, or FTR. Um, which, but even then, they've kind of screwed FTR up from time to time too. So, which listen, yeah, the world title, yes, yeah, should be the best book thing on your show. But look at WWE; that Intercontinental title is mm-hmm. is being booked the best it's been in about twenty years. U.S. title picture is getting some shine. It, it, the U.S. title isn't amazing, but it's still solid. It's still yeah. promptly weekly. I, I think mean, it's booked well. Whether you, uh, yeah, I do too. There's yeah. a lot of different stories. Yeah, the international title. I mean, it it does get frequent title matches, but there's no story. There's no real story with it. No. It's just this guy's facing Orange Cassidy tonight for the title. But why? What's what's the reason? Yeah, I mean that's. That's uh, AEW for you this week as the Packers are going to retake the lead, or I guess take the lead officially. Um, yes, we are. Uh, remember, uh, you said you were going to lose the Broncos. Um, all right, so we're going to uh, move on. Uh, so let's talk about Deadlock Pro Wrestling this week. So quick backstory on the promotion. Three YouTubers who love pro wrestling and were content creators for the industry started with their or started their own company and has been one of the biggest rising brands in pro wrestling. This is more than an indies promotion now is becoming much bigger, which is really inspirational for people like us who are podcasters. Their their first appearance or yeah, their first appearance after their contracts expired, the young grizzled vets beat the work horsemen. 
Brian oh. Keith defeats Dominic Guarini, Kevin Koo, and Speedball Mike Bailey to retain the DPW national title. Jay Malachi beat Jordan Oliver to depend, de- defend his <laughs> DPW world's title. Masha Slamovich was also on the show. Look out for Deadlock because they are already having a big following and getting major names to appear from all around the globe. I'm not sure if you guys also saw, but Jay Malachi just signed a developmental deal with WWE. So Deadlock was part of the reason why he was put on the map so quickly. So um, shout out to Deadlock, but um, really, yep. really good stuff from them. But uh, Dylan, have you heard of Deadlock Pro Wrestling? Uh, no, can't say I have. Where's hmm. it? Where's it based out of? North Carolina. How long has it been around? About a year. Oh, well, so they're brand new. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, I mean, they're that's, brand new. I mean, that's yeah. great that, that someone who's been booked on their shows is already getting developmental deals. So, um, I mean, they're doing something right. Stories yeah, yeah. like YouTubers. this, though, stories like this are really cool. But, man, it's just going to spark Christian's interest again in trying to loop us all into a wrestling promotion like he's been trying to do for two years. Yeah. Or maybe. But um, you said, <laughs> you said uh, I still – Highly considering it, but um, you said this is a YouTuber's promotion, right? Yes, there are three YouTubers that started this. Is this Tony the Pizza Guy's promotion? Yes, it is. Dude, what? I used to love Tony the Pizza Guy's SmackDown versus Raw videos. I used to watch them daily. Wait, 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 wait. That that's his promotion. This is part. Yes, I I, I know him. See, I've, he I've, was... I've heard of that. He was he is with Johnny Blub or Blood I think Johnny oh. Blood and a CM Pulse. Oh, and CM Pulse! I do. I, I used to love CM Pulse, dude. Oh. I used to watch him and Tony the Pizza Guy all the time, and yeah. I knew huge wrestling fans. So it's really cool to see the guys we used to watch you as kids on YouTube, you know, do wrestling video game stuff and turn it into a real promotion. So, uh, boys, if they can do it, why can't we? <laughs> Eh, they have a little bit more money than we do. I think, but... Yeah, I think I think we have the minds for it. I don't think we have the finances for it. No, I, 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 maybe broke. Dylan does right now, but I definitely don't. Yeah, I've got about $8 million sitting in my savings <laughs> account right now. <laughs> you just so much money didn't know what to do with. But yeah, uh, it's all Taco all right. Bell money. We're going to uh, move on. Are you guys ready for the indies this week? Yep. Yep. All right, so this week I'll be highlighting Prestige Pro Wrestling based out of Portland, Oregon. Starting with some of the action, Amira defeated Zaya Brookside. Tyler Breeze, or Breeze, beat Matt Cardona. Ray Phoenix was able to defeat Ray Horace in singles action. In the main event of the evening, C4 beat Midnight Heat in a crazy TLC match to retain their Prestige Tag Team titles. A lot of recognizable names here, so this is a promotion that has been around for a minute. So keep your eye on Prestige Pro Wrestling. But my MVP this week goes to Zaya Brookside. She was in NXT UK. Then she was released, went to stardom, really all around the globe. Very clean worker, but she also has the desire to be like the best. And it really shows in her work, and I really like that. So go check out Prestige Pro Wrestling on YouTube. Awesome stuff. We'll be sure to tag both the promotion and Kyle's MVP on social media like we do every single week. So you guys can give them a like and a follow. And if there's any promotions or wrestlers that you would like Kyle to check out, please send us your suggestions. Um, I do have one more thing before we dive into uh, Bound for Glory stuff, if you don't mind. And we have the um, Superstar Spotlight as well. But Yes. Uh, before we dive into that, too. Um, 
it was reported, actually confirmed, like two or three days ago, that NWA got officially got a TV yep. deal. I know we've talked about it briefly, kind of here and there when it was just rumors. Uh, they're going to be on the CW. I did not see when that was supposed to debut, but huge news for NWA. Yes. So CW also plays a woman of wrestling as well. So they are going to share a uh, network. That's awesome. So uh, really good stuff from the NWA there. I, they, they deserve it. And they have one of the best wrestlers in the world right now, which I will uh, get to maybe in the next couple of weeks. But um, all right, Dylan, superstar spotlight time. What do you got? All right. My superstar spotlight goes to independent wrestler, uh, the veteran Jack Vaughn. Uh, Kyle and I had the privilege of uh, seeing Jack Vaughn uh, wrestle in person back in March, I believe. Um, guy does really, really good stuff. Um, he started wrestling in 2004. Uh, he's a former two-time OVW uh, heavyweight champion as well as an OVW uh, Kentucky heavyweight champion, I believe is what that title is called. Um, what was the title that he wrestled for? Uh, the uh, NWP uh, Higher Ground. Yes. champion as well at yep. one point uh that's the match that kyle and i got to see live um guy does a lot of really cool stuff on social media uh like i said he's been wrestling since 2004 he's gained a pretty big following over the last several years mostly due to his social media content um <clears throat> he makes he kind of pokes fun at indie wrestlers a lot he's a guy that's not signed really he does a lot of work with ovw like i said he is a former ovw champion uh, multiple-time OVW champion, and still does extensive work with them to this day. Uh, he last wrestled in OVW back in September. Um, so definitely still a big presence over in OVW. Um, but I'm not seeing if he's, like, signed or if he just appears for OVW. I don't know how they do contracts. Yeah, with I, don't their, think with their th- I don't know if he's signed, yeah. Yeah, so from what I'm seeing, at least from uh, cagematch.net, he is a freelancer. Um, so please go check out Jack Vaughn. His social media stuff is very, very entertaining, but his wrestling is just as good, if not better. I think the guy can really go in the ring uh, for a guy his size, 6'6", 250, um, really knows his stuff. Very old school uh, kind of wrestler with the look as well. Uh, so go check out Jack Vaughn. You can check him out on OBW TV mostly. But he's also really funny, too, and he's very charismatic. He's hilarious. So he's, got, he's got the whole package, man. He really does. Oh, yeah, so. he's awesome. But uh, all right, Christian, what do you got? All right, so this week, my Superstar Spotlight goes to an indie wrestler as well, and I'm pretty sure it's a woman that has been mentioned on this podcast before. This week, mine goes to Dream Girl Ellie. This week, first time experience her as, in the same case as Jack Vaughn, she did appear on OVW TV this week. I'm not sure if she's signed or if she's a freelancer, but this week she was on OVW TV, and despite taking a loss to Sierra, a couple things that stuck out about her. She is really an amazing character, and she knows how to play a crowd really well. And Kyle's going to like this comparison. She looks like she would have belonged in the Beautiful People stable back from Impact, the way she does the whole, I'm prettier than you, I'm better looking than you, so I'm better than you. Again, she took a loss, but her character work was outstanding. I loved it. Again, beautiful vibes. And she's a solid in-ring worker, too. So please go check her out. And I, I also like the comparison of maybe like early day Alexa Bliss, too. I can also see maybe mm-hmm. your dream girl, Ellie. Um, but um, all right. So let's get into mine. 
This is going to be the shocker of the segment so far as we've had it. My superstar spotlight goes to WWE's Nia Jax. What? I get the criticism she has gotten because her previous run, and she deserved it. I mean, there was a lot of times that she was not a safe worker. I, I, I get all of it. This run, however, has actually been pretty well done. Rhea's title feels super important as there are multiple women aiming for that title. And be honest with yourself. This would not be as good without Nia Jax because she is the heat magnet. With Rhea being so over, there has to be someone that takes the majority of the booze. That is Nia. That is, that is her role. And both of her matches have not been bad. They have been a lot better from her previous run. Um, obviously, you can say who she's in the ring with, but she actually looks a little bit better in a way. Like She has a little bit more of a move set, too. I know she's not a five-star win happen, but there is a spot for Nia Jax. And she's been solid to this point. So, uh, Superstar Spotlight goes to Nia Jax. So, uh, I don't think you guys were expecting that one this week. Nope. Not at all. But, uh, yeah, so that's uh, good stuff as always. But um, you guys ready to move on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, everyone, it is now time for our Bound for Glory 2023 review. As always, we'll review every match and give a grade at the end. This was definitely one of the most anticipated Bound for Glories that we have seen some time. This is also the first time we have done a current day impact review. Are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I will also say, um, so I was looking through Fightful. Um, We had seven matches on this card. As the knockouts, tag team titles was supposed to be on the show, but it was uh, pre-taped before Bound for Glory. So that is why... Uh, it was not on the show, if you were curious. But um, Chris Saban defends his X-Division title against New Japan Pro Wrestling's Kenta. Kenta takes the quick advantage, thumb to the eyes, as the match starts with straight punches. Giant kick from Saban on the apron as he dives onto Kenta, followed by a crossbody. Saban goes for another dive on the outside, but spine first he goes, courtesy of the current Defy World Champion. Commentary loses to the busted lip of Kenta as he goes for four pinfalls, trying to end the match as quickly as possible. Headlock applied by Kenta as Saban finally established some separation. Missile dropkick tornado DDT by the champion. Kenta uses the top rope to reverse momentum, draping DDT by the challenger. Big boot, huge running knee into the corner by Kenta. Eats a step up into Guri. Kenta grabs the ref, tries to use the rope as leverage on the roll-up. Open palm strike into a DDT double stomp. The striking ability of Kenta is on full display. And he is a really underrated striker as well. Goes for the GTS, but unloads on Saban with a nasty open palm strike. Saban fights back. Clothesline by Saban. Goes for the cradle shock. Hits it. One, two, three. As Chris Saban retains the title. This was everything it needed to be, in my opinion. It had the high-flying style. It had the fighting on the outside. It had the strong style. Kenta played the heel role very well. My goodness, dude. This was physical. It, the title really felt important here. Sets the tone for the rest of the night. Chemistry was on full display. Nothing really else to say. I thought this was a fantastic way to start the show. Honestly, kind of a banger, too. So, uh, Dylan, what do you think? Yeah, you, you, you said it perfectly. It was a great way to start the show. Um, my only real critique is I wish this match went about five more minutes. I feel like... Man, it's, it that's the spare promotion me. for you. Yeah, yeah like... 
they could have spared him five more minutes. Um, but regardless, yeah, I mean, this was a lot of fun. I mean, Kenta, you know, we've all seen what he's done in Japan. I wish his WWE run uh, was better. Uh, Chris Saban is a world-class wrestler and has been for, for what seems like forever now. Um, yeah. 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 And the guy just doesn't slow down. Uh, Alex Shelley as well um, is another one, which we'll, we'll talk about him later. Yo, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought, I thought this was a great way to start the show. I thought it was a safe way to start the show, too. Starting with the X-Division title um, is always a good way. Um, I just wish it went about four or five more minutes. All right, Christian, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to have the same critique as Dylan here because the action we got was really good. But, I mean, this is the X-Division title. This is the title that – I'm not going to spoil that one yet. That Impact built their foundation based on – I mean, this company was built on the back of the X-Division title – I think it should have been showcased a little bit better here. I'm not talking about the action in the ring or anything or the wrestlers that were fighting for it. Just give it the time it deserves, I think. I mean, I get it. A little bit of a condensed card, or not a condensed card, an expanded card. So, and Impact, they don't really book these expanded cards all that well as far as time goes, which I'm sure we'll talk about quite a bit here. But with that said, Kenta portrayed the great heel he is. His striking was amazing. Was it uh, Kenta the one that faced CM Punk? No, he wants no. He, he wants he, nothing to do with CM Punk. No, he, he doesn't, doesn't like want him. anything to. No, because I thought it was the the GTS versus GTS thing. It was that's supposed what everyone, to be. Yeah, that's what everyone wanted for Forbidden Door, but Kenta actually refused. Yeah, oh, I thought it was. But uh, with that said, I mean Chris Saban, he's he never ages as far as in ring ability goes. Apparently, he always puts on. Banger after banger. But my score is definitely going to be lower just because of the time. Because it got about 12 minutes, which is solid. But like I said, this is the exhibition title. Give it 18 minutes. Yeah, I, I think you guys are going to be upset with a lot of the uh, the times here. But I, if you go back in time and you see how Bound for Glories are structured, it, it's going to make a lot of sense. This is just how they structure shows. It's always, it literally like as soon as they started, it would structure like this, but uh, that's just how they do it. But um, Christian, we'll start with you. What'd you uh, grade it? I'll still give it a solid grade at three, five. All right, don't go ahead. I'm at three, eight. I am also at three, eight. I thought it was a really good way to start the show. Very exciting. As we get to the next match, four-way Monsters Ball. PCO versus Rhino versus Moose versus Steve Macklin. This story has been told surprisingly well. Also, Bully Ray lurks in the background of everything as well. Before the bell rings, all hell is unleashed. Moose delivers a powerbomb on the apron of Macklin. PCO, looking like Frankenstein, needs a back body drop through the ladder. Oh, my gosh. Rhino brings a chair into the fray, dominating the contest early. Trash can shot to the head of Rhino by color as a sidewalk slam, crashing Moose into the can. Suplex to PCO on the ladder. Really strong and violent start by Steve Cutler. Choke slam by the vet as he dives on the outside, crashing the Rhino. Top rope code breaker onto Macklin. Reverse leg drop. Inverted swanton PCO. Or, P- yeah, PCO is just on fire. Uh, Moose back. Trash can lid shot to the neck as he drops. Thumbtacks onto the bed of cinder blocks on the outside as PCO eats a powerbomb neck first. I think it was supposed supposed to be more on the cinder blocks, but his neck just snapped onto the corner of it, and oh my gosh, it looked brutal. Chair shot 
into the injured knee of Rhino by Macklin. Out comes Bully Ray, uh, pushes Macklin into a table with barbed wire on it as he ate the corner. Uh, basically, the story going in was that uh, Bully Ray and Macklin used to be, you know, basically together as a unit, but that Macklin called Bully Ray soft, uh, hence that spot. This man, PCO, has thumbtacks in the back of his skull. Uh, Moose eats a gore inverted swanton as PCO is the winner. Uh, this was an absolute mess. Bodies flying everywhere. Spots were not delivered the way that they should have and not intended to, or that were supposed to be intended to, but um, it was still a lot of fun. Monsters Ball is straight violence. I could have seen even more violence personally, but this was still enjoyable to watch. This was not clean, but it had a purpose. So many crazy spots nonetheless. It was enjoyable, like I said. Macklin and PCO were the stars here for me. Um, a little bit more weapon usage, and, you know, that's just with the time that it got. But um, I thought it told a story very well. And, um, you know, I, I, I was expecting car crash, and that's exactly what we got. But, uh, Christian, go ahead. Yeah, these types of matches are the reasons why I have wet dreams. I'm going <laughs> to... Jesus. These are... This was literal, literal heaven for me. I could have watched that match and been fine for the rest of the night. Just because this is what I love. I love seeing people get hurt. I love seeing the violence. I wish I would have seen more blood. Uh, I would have preferred somebody's face be completely covered in it to amplify it even more. I probably would have given this match a five, five stars that would have happened. But that's just because that is my and twisted mind at it again. Love seeing people get hurt with weapons. And yes, I absolutely cheered my ass off when that thumbtack spot happened. Oh my god, I just my sick and twisted mind was running. It that. looked brutal. And you're right, some of the spots didn't fully connect the way they should have. I could tell that. But to me, that's what made it better because a lot probably hurt more, and that's what I want to see. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean you're absolutely right about that one. But nope. uh Dylan, go ahead. Yeah, this was um, this was just a car crash. It was a spot fest. Um, it was a lot of fun. I'm not going to yeah. say anything negative in that regard. Um, it was violent. It was gritty. Um, it only went about 13 minutes. Again, this is another match that I felt would have benefited from more time. Like Kyle said, we would have gotten more weapons out of it, uh, maybe more stuff around the arena. Um, but, yeah. Uh, my biggest complaint, though, is I get that PCO is is over with the crowd. I mean, the people seem to like him. I personally would have gone with Moose here uh, to keep his momentum going. Um, that was that was my prediction going in. But um, overall, I thought the match was still fine, um, and that's all. Uh, give it a grade. I'm at three point two. All right, go ahead, uh, Christian. I'm at a four. Whoa. Uh, I also gave it 3.2. So um, I, I, I did enjoy it. Like, there was a purpose for it on this end. Yeah. It really told a story well. So that's why, honestly, I graded it so high. Um, but we get into the next match. Uh, ABC versus the Rascals for the Impact World Tag Team titles. Rascals have screwed the challengers on multiple occasions. So who will walk away uh, with the gold tonight? Fast offense, huge kick by Austin, double team work on display, second rope cutter, code breaker, neck breaker, combinations by the champions as we are off and running. 
Miguel had a neck breaker on the canvas. That spot was nasty for Austin. Some technical offense by Wentz going for the arm bar. Ace connects with a Fosbury flop on the outside. God, he does that so well uh, to both champions. Tag to Bay, he was on fire. The big lariat shot followed by an uppercut. Uh, STO flatwire combo by Bay for a near fall. Tag uh, by Austin. Moonsault twisting kick by Austin was absolutely sensational. One, two, sweet. Missed by the challengers. Wentz flying onto the outside left. The heel work by Miguel in this match. Meteora Swanton as Bay flies onto the rest of the competitors to break up the count. Spray paint to Miguel. Um, double super kick uh, followed by the fold as the ABC win the match and win back the tag team titles. This was fast paced at times as expected uh with combination moves uh these guys are just all incredible in the ring uh super clean i thought it was very well written for the i i guess for like the spots that we got as well written very indie style tag team wrestling here right winners a lot of insane spots um a couple things i didn't like Obviously, the spray paint was a pretty big thing going in with the feud. I could have gone without it, but it made sense with the story. Um, I also didn't love the first hot tag to Bay. I, I think they could have like built it up and needed a little bit more drama. But other than that, um, especially with you know the, the finish, I think it made it a little bit more predictable. Still an insanely fun match. Ace Austin is just so underrated. He is oh, yeah. so, so good. All these guys showed out. Only a few issues didn't take away from much. Uh, Dylan, we'll start with you. Why can't we get a twenty-minute match? It's just not this how match. This match goes on. Te- yeah, but these two have wrestled longer matches on TV. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. Like, 100% like this is it. like of of the three matches that have gone on so far. In this card, this should have been the one, in my opinion, to go on 20 minutes. Um, this should have been potentially the first one if it wasn't going to be the opener. Um, again, that's just a nitpicky thing. I'm very nitpicky when it comes to time with matches. I thought the match itself was still good. Um, it was just way too short. Only 10 minutes for these two? I mean, that's a little little outrageous to me. But, um, yeah, they. Just, I don't know. It just seems like they didn't put in enough production effort, and that's that's on the company itself, not not the wrestlers. The wrestlers did everything that they could yeah. to make this a compelling story, and I felt like they succeeded with only ten minutes of time. You got to put on put over not only the story that you had going in, but also there is a title on the line here too. I just felt like it deserved more of a big fight feel. Um, but I'm happy that uh, Austin and Bay won. Um, that was my prediction going in. Match was still fine despite only going about ten minutes. Yeah, with only 10 minutes, you kind of had to rush some of the sequences there, too. But I yeah. still thought they made it work. But uh, it was Chris clean, it. I thought. Yeah, it was. It was. Yep. I mean, I mean, I don't have too much more to add to that because I share the same complaint. And, yeah, I get it. This is how Bound for Glories are structured. But, I mean, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, they are kind of the backbone. They deserve a better – not better. I don't think they're – were like more of a showing than what they yeah. got right? because they've been the backbone. They're one of the best tag teams in the world right now. And Ace Austin, you guys said it, he's underrated. He was in my top 10 wrestlers list last, last God damn it. wrestlers list last year for a reason, because of how good he truly is. Chris Bay is too far behind them and the rascals. I mean, I think they're the perfect heel team. 
way Trey Miguel acted when that one three count wasn't called was hilarious. It was great. But I thought, I, yeah, exactly. I thought it was perfect. Impact, look, go back multiple years. They don't book their tag division that well. They never have. I don't know why. They've never gotten it down. You'd have to take it back to aces and ace days, probably, to see good booking up Impact's tag division. But they, even on their weekly shows, they didn't really build this feud up all that great besides a few run-ins. So, I don't know. This this is just kind of odd booking to me. And the winners, oh, I don't know if that was the right call. Uh, It it was very predictable, though. I thought that that, that's where they were going. It was. And, man, you could have given the Rascals a huge boost here, beating, beating Ace Austin and Chris Bay, the best tag team in Impact Wrestling. And these guys beat them. I don't know. Just a couple weird things happening. The match itself was good. The actual wrestling was fine. Those couple things, what really irks me about this match. Uh, what do you grade out of five? I still went decently high with it. I went a 3.8. Alright, Dylan, go ahead. Yeah, I'm at 3.5. I am also at 3.5. As they, the, the match was really good, but you know, every match we, is not going to be perfect. So, Are we three for three on having the same number? Yes. You and I? Yeah. <laughs> Right. We are three for three. <laughs> That's that happened. has never happened. We are definitely not going to finish like that, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> so after this match is over, they put the graphic on the big screen. As guys, it is time. Speedball, Mike Bailey taking on Will Ospreay. This was the match that you, Dylan and Christian, or me, Dylan and Christian, have all been looking for. Um, and oh my gosh, uh, this had a big fight feel and man, I had goosebumps. We started giant shot by Osprey scissor kick by Bailey middle rope moonsault by speedball back elbow into a big boot by will over the rope crossbody as we are in for a treat. The new Japan pro wrestling us heavyweight champion is in full control, huge uh, backbreaker for a one count. The resilience of speedball was put on display and put over by the commentary team, uh, abdominal stretch, a uh, colossal chop by Osprey, chest kicks by Mike by Mike Bailey, but one single chop takes him out of the ring. Twisting moonsault by Bailey, missile drop kick, axe kick takes Osprey down. Running shooting starfire in your fall. The third low kick connects to the head. Hurricane Rana as Will Osprey does Will Osprey things, moonsaulting off the chest of <laughs> Speedball Mike Bailey. Huge back fist, phenomenal forearm by Osprey, big boot, upside down, uh, super kick. These two are, they're just slugging on each other. Poison runner by Bailey, spinning low click, spinning low kick, but Speedball goes face first into the ring post, uh, but an os cutter onto the apron uh, downs both wrestlers. Basement drop kick, os cutter for near falls as he toys with Speedball. Big forearm shot by Will. Both guys connect with big kicks to the face. Super kicks all over the place. Hidden blade almost takes the head off of Speedball. Reversal off the os cutter backstabber. Ultimate weapon. Picture perfect for a near fall. Big elbow to the face. Hurricane Rana reversal. Double knees to the ribs. Speedball hits a reversing fisherman suplex. Diving off the top rope. A tornado jaw kick by Speedball. Styles clash by Osprey for a near fall. Storm Driver 93 by Osprey, Hidden Blade, Stormbreaker, and Will Osprey wins the contest. Uh, 
I, I don't even know what to say here. Um, I get people are going to have problems with the timing. It went about 18 minutes. Um, it's just, like I said, it's just how they structure these pay-per-views. Um, but this, oh my gosh, the, the chemistry, the moves we've never seen before. Osprey is the cleanest, most impressive in-ring worker in the world today. But it, it looks like Speedball is not far behind. Yep. He was doing moves that made me jump up and down. The sheer intensity of the near falls, the excellence of this pro wrestling match was on full display. This is absolutely one of the best matches of the year, and it only got 18 minutes. It is also time that we put some respect on Speedball's name. What an absolute classic that we got. Dude, I just don't know how they did it all of this in 18 minutes. I don't even know what to say, but kudos to both guys. I I was just looking. I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, so, Christian, what did you think of uh, Speedball and Will Ospreay? Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to find the words for this match. Uh, we, come on, we all knew it was going to be like this, but, but still, this was – Look, there's a reason I say Will Ospreay is the best wrestler in the world right now. Yes, over Cody Rhodes. But I think after that, Mike Bailey might have inserted himself in the top five. Oh, absolutely. Just for in-ring workers, absolutely. Um, yeah. This this was pro wrestling excellence. That's exactly what it was, just pro wrestling excellence. We all mm-hmm. knew banger, but I think he did and it only got 18 minutes, like you said, which is incredible. They fit all of that in 18 minutes. That felt like a 25-minute match. It did. Yeah, but, and here's the thing. I saw people say that it was better than Omega Osprey. And, dude, I'm not going to lie. I, I think you have a real argument there. I, I, re- like, I really do. Like, this match, it, it, it was face-melting good, honestly. But uh, Dylan... Uh, what'd you think of the match? Yeah, I mean, we all knew this was going to be a banger. I saw a lot of things on social media that people were upset uh, because this match didn't really have much of a story going in. They, th- this was the first match announced for Bound for Glory, mm-hmm. and they didn't really do much uh, building up to it. I don't think this needed a story. You no. could have booked this just as, hey, this is a once-in-a-lifetime dream match. And, I mean, once this match was announced, I think that's when we all unanimously was like, well, we're watching Bound for Glory. We're yeah. going gonna to do a review of the show now. Um, all based around this one match. And it delivered. And it more than delivered. Um, the wrestling diehards obviously know how good Will Ospreay is. He's been doing this for quite some time, despite being so young. I feel like he's been around for like a decade and a half, and he's not even like 30. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but I still know of a lot of people who haven't heard of Mike Bailey. This felt very much like, in a way, like a coming out party of sorts. Despite the fact that he's done a lot of great work with Impact and other promotions, like Christian said, like this might have been the match that propelled him into the top five, top six, top seven in the world as far as in-ring workers are concerned. He really held his own against arguably the best in-ring talent in the world. Um and I don't say that lightly. Um, so this was absolutely fantastic. Was everything I wanted. Only went 18 minutes, but honestly, it didn't feel short. 
like the other ones that I've complained about when it comes to time. Cause I was just so enamored in it. Um, this is one of those situations where the hype or, or, or the expectation met what we got. And uh, I was not disappointed at all. Yeah. Um, I, I, I saw someone on, uh, on social media said that he was the Bruce Lee of pro wrestling. And um, honestly, I, I could see it with speedball, but um, especially with that gimmick he's got going on, but um, Dylan, what'd you grade it out of five? This was the easiest grade I'd, I gave the whole nine. Five. All right, Chris, I'm go of, ahead. I'm out of five. Oh, I'm right there with him out of five. Yeah, I mean, what you, what else are you going to say? This was <laughs> – I mean, honestly, man, I you could make an argument for this being the best match of the year. Uh, like, you re, like you honestly could. This was so good. I might watch this match as soon as we're done, too. It was so good. Yeah. Um, but we're going to get into the next match. Call your shot gauntlet match. Um, so Jake something and Eddie Edwards start. Commentary said Edwards won the first call your shot uh, match in 2020. Giant shots as Jake looks like a beast dominating Eddie with an Irish whip. Kenny King comes out next. Huge reversal uh, kick by King. High low combinations as we get an honor. No more reunion. Uh, out comes Juventud Guerrera in a shocking uh, turn of events. Takes down the heels. A big kick to the face of King, but he's a spine buster. Next is Johnny Swinger, uh, highlighting the rivalry with King. Head scissor uh, takeover as Guerrero eliminates King. I did not think he was going to be the first one eliminated. Uh, Crazy Steve comes out. Uh, Swinger with the briefcase. Um, I, these two are brawling, and then Tommy Dreamer um, comes, and he brawls with, uh, with Crazy Steve as well. Um, Giselle uh, Shaw comes and eliminates Swinger. Jody Threat is next. Love her ch- non-traditional offense. Eats a uh, quick chop by Shaw. Kylan King's time spinning kick. Uh, her and Shaw go for a uh, Jody Threat. Hooventude eliminated by Eddie. Sunny Kiss and another shocking appearance watches Shaw out of the ring. Bully Ray's up next as he stares down with Sunny Kiss. That was not on my bingo card for the night. Bully <laughs> Ray goes for... I do so. They have a stare down the middle of the ring. So you knew something was going to happen because everyone's on the side. And this man, Bully Ray, is fully out of control with his dancing. Um, and then right after, Matt Cardona is uh, out next. The old 3D spot with Sunny Kiss nailing the indie god, Jordan Grace's time. She is just jacked. Dude, Jordan Grace. Yeah, John. Dude, she is just on another <laughs> level right now. Uh, beefing with the bully as Edwards goes right after the former TNA World Champion. Eric Young is next. Bile driver to Cardona as the ring is full like the Royal Rumble. Eric Young eliminates Eddie. Joe Hendry is next. Goes right after Cardona. Standing suplex. Brian Myers out as he helps Cardona eliminate Hendry. Sonny Kiss takes out the major players but ends up being eliminated by him. Heath next. Wake up call to Jake. Also to King. But again, the major players take out Heath. Uh, Kaz goes right up to heels. Rich Swan, Mr. All Night Long, teams with Kaz. But here comes Jonathan Gresham. Threat is out by Gresham. Goes right after his own wife as the last entrant is Dirty Dongo. As something eliminates him in seconds. Uh, Kozlov, or I don't even remember his new name, destroys Bowl. the whole field. What, what were we saying? His new name's like Bull or something like that. Well, we'll get, yeah. Uh, Kaz is out by the uh, major players. The husband and wife try to eliminate King. Swan is out. Eric Young out by the major players. Gresham is out. We are down six. Jake something double 
splashes. It's just going insane deep six, but a low, uh, low blow. Jake is eliminated as Cardona takes out Myers as well, and we're down to four. King and Cardona out at the same time. We're down to two. A lot of history here. Giant combination elbows and chops. Juggernaut driver by Grace. Uh, she eliminates Bully. And uh, Jordan Grace gets a title match of her choosing whenever she wants. This was a lot of fun. Many silly moments, but a lot of storytelling as well. Rivalries were renewed here as Grace makes history, announcing that she is calling her shot at Hard to Kill for the Knockouts title. This was the safe winner, and this went long, but because of the stipulation, it had to run long. Still harmless, but fun match with the right winner. Shout out to Kylan King, too. I just absolutely love her. But, um, Christian, what'd you think? I this this is really hard to judge. Look, I had the same issue judging the Royal Rumble, both of them. These type of matches, you just never really know what to base them off of, which is really hard. There was some good storytelling. I like the appearances by Cardona. I wasn't expecting him. Uh, Juventud Guerrero, that was out of nowhere. Sunny Kiss. Sunny, oh yeah, Sunny Kiss. Where did she come from? Jesus. But look, this the call your shot gauntlet. I said this before. I said this a couple weeks ago. This is a lot like Money in the Bank. It is meant to elevate a new star. And before I dive any further, no, I'm not complaining about Jordan Grace winning. But Kenny King, Jake something, Kylan King, Jody Threat, those are names that could have used this a lot more than uh, Jordan Grace could have. Yeah, no, I agree. Jordan Grace will always be involved in the women's world title picture. He didn't need this win. And Bully, I'm sorry, Bully did not need to go down the final two. But there was just, there are different names I wanted to see win this. I think Kylan King could have benefited most from it. Mm -hmm. Jake something recently, he could have benefited. And Kenny King, I've said this for a while, he's the most underrated impact worker they have. And he was out first. Yeah, and he was out first. So I don't know what the problem there is with Kenny King. I don't know if he pissed in Scott Demore's Cheerios before the show. But I get it. Safe pick. You're, you can't go wrong with it. There was just, there's just more names that could use it. Yeah. Uh, don't go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I like the fact that you mentioned Kylan King. That's who I would have gone with uh, personally. Um, I'm not mad that Jordan Grace won by any means. Um I love what Jordan Grace does, and it was kind of only a matter of time that she becomes knockout champion again. Um, but like, but like Christian said, Jordan Grace is always going to be involved in the title picture. Um, really, any title picture. Um, so she may not have needed this the most. It was definitely a safe pick, but I don't think that's a bad thing here. Um, as far as the match itself, a uh, lot of cool entrance, a lot of cool surprises. I did not have um, Sonny Kiss and Bully Ray having a dance-off mid-match on my bingo card for 2023. Um, no. So that's that was that was interesting to see. Um, Cardona looked good um, for the time that he was in. Um, Giselle Shaw looked pretty good for the time that they were in. Uh, I did not think Juventud Guerrero was going to show up by any means. Um, I thought the match itself was fun. It was fine. I would have gone with a different winner. I'm not mad with them going safe, though. Yeah, I'm not really, either. Really quick before we get to grades, these are just thoughts that pop in my head. One, I don't know if you guys have seen, but Jashelle Shaw has really improved recently. Yes. 
Oh, a yeah. Lot. Actually, a lot. He's actually looking decent. And my other point is, look, I get it. The safe winner is never the wrong answer, but it's not always the 100% correct answer. I agree. Yeah, um, I, I do think Kylan King's time is coming, and they just wanted it to maybe stretch out a little bit more. But you could see with her being with Matt Cardona, Bully Ray, and Jordan Grace, her time's yep. coming, and they yep. have some stock in her. So just, I, I, I think it, her time is going to come. But uh, Dylan, give it a grade. Um, these are hard to grade. I'm going to kind of play it safe with this grade. I'm going to go 3.5. Okay, uh, Christian, go ahead. God, I'm in the same boat. I, I'm going to go a 3.3, so not amazing, but not bad. I also went 3.3 as uh, Dylan's and I's uh, streak is ended at, uh, at match five. But, uh, but uh, we get to the next match. Trinity defends her knockouts title against Mickey James. This has to be cool for Trinity. The main women's match of Bound for Glory against a legend like Mickey Chain wrestling here early. Cool backslide as well. Mickey gets out of the bridge followed by standing double knees. Splits leg drop by Trinity. Really cool reversal of a off the super kick, but Mickey goes right after the left arm. Snapping Hurricane Rana by Trinity. These two slug out in the middle of the ring. Double cross body spot was brutal. Rear view uh, by Trinity. Um, seating senton by Mickey. Snapping Moonsault by the formerly known as Naomi. Mick kick nails Trinity, seating chicken wing suplex as Trinity um, works for the ribs. Tornado DDT near fall. X-Factor was countered by Mickey. Loved how she was using the champion's moves against her. Head scissors to the mat. Stars Starstruck as Mickey uh, taps. And uh, Trinity uh, retains the title off the Starstruck submission. Um, this match, I think you had to tamper your expectations going in. This was not going to be a clinic by any means. This was more about the moment and I guess the passing of Mickey and Trinity, just be like the respect thing. Um, I, I, the, the match really didn't do much for me here. Um, Mickey did look good at points. Um, Trinity also had uh, moments here. Obviously, Trinity versus Jordan Grace is the match that they're going for um, at Hard to Kill. It just never really got out of the first gear, in my opinion. It was a decent match. I think they pushed Trinity to the top too quickly. I just don't think that Trinity can be the top name of a knockouts division that includes Tasha Steeles, Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, and others. And that's Kylan King. I just don't think she's on that level. And I think she's more of a mid-card, which is not a bad place to be. And I'm not saying that she shouldn't be world champion. I just don't think that she's going to elevate someone like a Mickey James to a really, really good match. But um, it, it was fine for what it was. The future of Mickey James is clearly unknown. And I think that's what they wanted coming out of this. The, the, the match was okay. Uh, Dylan, what do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um Match only goes about 11 minutes, and I don't want this to sound rude um, or disrespectful, but honestly, you can watch the last four or five minutes and probably be more entertained than watch the entire thing, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. The the wind down of the match, the second half of the match, I guess you can say, I thought was really, really great. Um, 
Uh, it was it was very very well paced, very back and forth. I thought it was pretty clean. Um, first half of the match, I didn't really care for too much. Um, and yeah, I think I think Kyle, you're right. I think um, as much as I like Trinity, I was a big fan of her in WWE. But again, in WWE, I also said that her being the occasional champion is not a bad thing uh, because yep. she does have a move set that people can rally behind. She is very entertaining, very athletic, as well. Um, I just don't think she's the face of the division, you yeah. know, especially when this particular division, Jordan Grace just won the call your shot. Uh, Deanna Peraza is still lingering. Um, you know, we just mentioned Kylan King is, is on the rise. Like, I think there is better talent um, in that division, but Trinity can go and she can go with a lot of people. Um, so this wasn't a bad match by any um, the last five minutes definitely saved it, though, for me. Yeah, uh, hot take. I, I think um, Emma is going to appear after the match at Hard to Kill. And whoever the champion is, she is going to uh, call him out. So, uh, or Tenille Dashwood, they'll, they'll call her. But, uh, all right, uh, Christian, go ahead. I just want to put this in your guys' minds and let you do with it as you will. She's been in this company for four months now, and um, she's won a world title. Masha's been in this company for three years now, and she has not won a world title. So that's true. Yeah, that's I really gotta say about this match, I didn't care about it going in. I don't care about it coming out. So, what'd you, what'd you grade it? I gave it a two out of five. All right, don't wow. go ahead. I was at a three. I was at a two eight. So I, I think two eight was pretty fair, but um, I don't know. Unfortunately, I think we all have to say that this was the worst match of the night, and I'm gonna be completely honest. I think I'd rather see of seeing the knockouts tag titles instead of this. I really, I, I think that would have been the better match, and it had actually some story going in. And yeah. I was really intrigued by the Tasha Diana partnership. But uh, yeah, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to leave off the singles women's title. No, on arguably yeah, the I biggest pay per view of the year, one that, of the biggest pay per views. That, so. That's another thing. You left Diana Perazzo off this card. Well, yeah. I think there might be more to that, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, main event time Alex Shelley versus Josh Alexander for the Impact World title big fight feel after a solid feud also do you guys uh, wait I answered my own question there um, never mind uh, Shelley uses the ropes as leverage to lock the crossface in I think we all knew we were in for a slower methodical match and that is exactly what we got uh, early as the walking weapon gets the early advantage hammer lock using joint manipulation as Shelly is bringing out some new offense, attack on the left arm, the walking weapon destroys Shelly, followed by a big chop. Good old brawl in the middle of the ring. Big boot by Alexander. The power game from Alexander is the story here early as he hits an awesome backbreaker. Backdrop as Alexander falls onto the floor on the outside. Shelly is just on another level tonight, bending the injured arm around the ring post. Shelly goes for another chop, misses, and collides with the ring post. Sharpshooter around the steel post. By the walking weapon, Sydney stretch as Shelly uh, continues to go after the arm tie-up stretch by Shelly. We're seeing a new aggressive side of the champion that we have not seen before. Over the head, belly to belly as these guys are wrestling at a fast pace 20 minutes in. Snapping German sliced bread, but Alexander connects with a German with a bridge. Awesome sequence there. Dragon screw by Josh, but shell shock into the barricade. Sliced bread on the outside. Picture perfect frog splash. These two are reversing everything the other has to offer. Straight forward to the face. Um, everything's getting countered, like I said. Uh, shell shock by the champion. 
uh, another connects and one, two, three. And I'm going to be completely honest. I was shocked that Alex Shelley beats uh, Alexander, Josh Alexander and retains the Impact World title. I know people are going to be confused, but there's a few reasons why they went with Shelley. Alexander, to me, does not need the title. He's already a big star. Alex needed to prove to everyone that he has what it takes to be the top guy. He proved to us fans that he is a legit single star, and he won't roll over for anyone for someone like Josh. This really made the story going in go full circle. Also, I think him retaining goes hand-in-hand hand with what we'll talk about in just a minute. The, the match was very physical. Shelly hung with Alexander every step of the way. So many counters, and the pace was slower. But we knew what we were getting with these guys. This was never going to be 100 miles an hour. This was an advanced pro wrestling match. Every move was sold properly and with emphasis. Alex Shelley was basically made as a singles guy tonight in 2023. Yep. Alexander put him over perfectly as the match, to me, was really, really good. The company is showing you that they believe Shelley is a top guy and can main event basically any of their shows. They don't have to rely on the same names. So, uh, Christian, go ahead. This was absolutely 100% the best call Impact's made in a long time as far as yeah. concerned. Yeah. You Shelly to win this match for everything you said to prove that he can be the guy of this company. He can be the face. Because when he won the title, everybody said the same thing, me included. Everybody said, well, when Alexander comes back, Alexander's going Yep. We all said it. We all thought we'd seen it coming. But Impact with I say maybe the most surprising move in pro wrestling this year. It's one of them. Booking decision goes because I, I had Alexander winning. Yep. Dylan did. I'm sure Kyle yep. did. Yep. Yep. So this came to a surprise of everybody. Now the only thing is where do you go with the world title? Who's next besides Moose? You think Moose? Well, remember, before the If match, he would have won that monster's ball, I'd say Moose. But... Uh, no, 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 because he's got the Feaster Fire briefcase, so he's oh, guaranteed right. a world title shot. And remember, before the match, they had a backstage interview, and he said, whoever walks out at Hard to Kill, I'm going. Like, I'm going to Hard to Kill. So it, mm-hmm. it looks like it's going to be – don't be shocked if they insert Alexander into this and make it a triple threat. But, um, yeah, that's what they're going. It looks like Shelly and, and Moose. Well, does, does Shelly walk out of that as champion? Because if he walks out, out, out of uh, Hard to Kill as champion. I think he does. They've really got something playing Shelly. And yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I think they're, that's where they're going. And yeah. hot take, maybe at Slammiversary, I think they might do Saban Shelly. That's what I would the- yeah, I think they're going to do Saban Shelley at uh, Slammiversary. But um, Dylan, what do you think? What if you let Saban hold on to that uh, X-Division title, have it be winner take all? I I don't know. I, I think Slammiversary should have an ultimate X match. Yeah, I do too. That is true. Um, yeah, dude, this was, uh, this was a great way to end the show. Um, the World Championship, I have always stated that the World Championship of the company should be the main event, regardless of what else is on the card. We talked about a five-star banger in the middle of the card. Um, and I still stand firm that this should have main evented. Yeah. Um, so I felt like they picked the right spot for this. 
and this was this was a lot of fun. It wasn't it wasn't the super fast paced match, at least at the beginning. I think that I don't know why some people thought this would be. I guess it's just because of Shelly's moveset, but no, that's not how Alexander wrestles. Um, and I like the fact that Shelly brought out a little more aggression, a little more like technical wrestling as opposed to just relying on on some of the stuff that he's done in the past. Um, so yeah, I thought these two gelled really well. Um, I like the show of respect post match. I know a lot of people thought we'd see a heel turn of some kind. A lot of people thought Alexander was winning, like like Christian said, all three of us predicted it. Um, but I will give credit where credit's due for impact. Um, <laughs> they always try and go outside of the box a little bit, and it never really makes sense. This one I'm kind of all for. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm all for giving Alex Shelley an extended title reign if it does lead to a uh, – a, a Motor City showdown between uh, him and Chris Saban. I think that's going to be awesome. Um, I do think Moose should be the one to take the title, I think, with with having the briefcase. I just think he should have won that Monsters Ball match. That's still going to hang over my head for this entire card. But as, as, as far as this match is concerned, I think it was a very, very well booked, very well done. Um great way to close the show for a great night of wrestling really what did you go to five uh 4.3 all right go ahead uh christian i am also at a 4.3 actually i am at a 4.2 so we are um we are uh, all around the same grade there so it's 10 45 so it's 10 45 and um you know the the post-match stuff happens and then the screen turns black i'm like wow dude that is that's odd they're you know, I told Christian they're ending this at ten forty-five, and then they start playing this vignette. I was—I honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you. I was about to turn off the TV, but we saw this random vignette: wrestlers running through the woods. Really well done, as we sell. You know, we see everyone. You know, a lot of the top names in a circle talking about how they do not want to be overlooked. Basically, they have been very underrated. It's time for a change as they need to go back to where it all started. So Alexander basically has the box puts in the middle. The camera pans right to him. And in the middle, it reads, Total Nonstop Action TNA. Advertisement for TNA, hard to kill in January, as that looks like it might be the first official night that TNA is back. The full name change is confirmed by Scott Demore. Uh, so you must be wondering, like, why did they do this? Remember, TNA was many fans' favorite promotion, you know, up until the Hogan era. They focused on pro wrestling, but also the great stories. Production was top-notch, as it was a true alternative to WWE. Marketing, marketing now what is TNA is an attempt to get those fans back. Once they see TNA, they'll be like, oh, wait, I used to love TNA. Let me try it out again. TNA for sure had its rough patches, but for its glory days, it still holds up to current day. They have a good enough roster to start building it, you know, their way as TNA. This was also a marketing tool to try to legitimize themselves as that true third brand to WWE and AEW. I, you know, I bet they're already working on a new TV deal. If done right, I think this is going to be huge for the company. Um, I, 
I think they needed a little bit more juice. Mm-hmm. Impact has been good, but they needed more fan engagement. They needed more excitement, and this is how you do it. Full TNA TakeOver is happening. Um, like I said, the whole branding, they're coming out with merchandise already. The stage is going to look different. I think they're changing pay-per-view names, um, you know, the ring ropes. Um, I know they said um, in a couple updates that I saw that they're not for now going to the six-sided ring. I think they need to go back to the six-sided ring. I think if you want to go full TNA, I think you make that change. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, This is a risk because they may never hit strides like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe days. I'm happy for the company, though. Bring back Mm -hmm. all of what made the company so special. Also interested with who they had in the ring and in the vignette. No Deanna Peraza. That is very, very interesting. But we will know more as Scott DeMore will have a Q&A on Tuesday on their Facebook page. Um, TNA is back, guys. I think it's a big deal. Um, this is what the fans have wanted. Um, yep. I think it is also maybe uh, another way to intrigue some free agents as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, Christian, uh, go ahead. I rode a wave of emotion. Well, for one, to the view, quick story. We uh we we have a little group chat going on for this, obviously, and we text. I'd say pretty frequently in it. I mean. Am yep. I crazy saying that? Yeah. But, oh, I am crazy for saying that? Oh, no, no, no. I, I said that we do. But go on. Okay, yeah. And uh, we all, if there's pay-per-view coming up, we all ask each other, well, who's watching live? Who's watching live? This week, I said, to, I said to the group chat, hey, I won't be watching Bound for Glory live. No spoilers. My favorite college football team played at 730 in the morning. So I actually ended up watching some of it after the game last that game was an absolute shit fest, and we, yeah, yeah. Thanks for telling me that wasn't a trap game, Kyle. I should have. Yep. Seen yeah, yeah. But um, I told Kyle I'm gonna watch Sundays tonight. Watch the rest in the morning. Dylan was either asleep or just wasn't answering his phone. I, I was at work. Up, I was at work. I wake up this morning, and the first text see on my phone is, "So TNA is rebranding." <laughs> or TNA's back. <laughs> I was like, no. And I was no. like, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I am sorry, Christian. I tried. So Dylan spoiled this for me before I could see it live. But with that said, I forgive you for one. Just don't do it again. But when I say I'm not watching a pay-per-view live, I mean I'm not watching it live. I don't remember seeing your text that you weren't watching it live. And I'm going back through the chat right now, and I'm like, I don't see where he said he wasn't watching it live. Dylan, did you see who was playing on Saturday night at 730? I don't care about that team. Well, you got to keep up with their schedule. Michigan State. You should have known. But anyways, to the viewers listening, TNA was my all-time favorite wrestling brand. I still go back and watch a lot of the old stuff. So childhood me is absolutely fruitioning with joy through this. This is definitely, this is a moment I'm going to remember for a long time because, you know, Kyle's not getting black and gold back. Sorry. No. But I'm being my all-time favorite brand back. And I said, I've said it for years that then when they rebranded the impact, that it was going to be the worst mistake they ever made just because the legacy TNA left behind. Because, 
you know, you guys say it was always second fiddle to WWE. I take that very lighthearted. I don't know that many hardcore wrestling fans that were tuning into TNA every week like people like me were. I don't I when I was young, I remember reading on the internet, never seen a thing about TNA being posted. It was always WWE. Which I get that's the marquee company at the time. But I said for I will stand on the ground. TNA is the greatest brand in professional wrestling history. Oh, I, I disagree, but I think you'll be disagreeing here in about two years. But. Well, well, you see, we're not that far in the series yet, so I'll, I'll yep, uh, I'll stick my gun. Say TNA is the greatest brand in professional wrestling history. So this has been now. Obviously, this is a money tactic. They are doing this to draw in more of an audience, like yep. And my one friend who is very um, into pro wrestling, like I am. He said something very smart that this could draw a lot of free agents to the brand if they see yeah. the name go back. So we could see some big names going to TNA in the next couple of years too. Yep. So, uh, so and uh, shout out to my friend Aiden for that. Appreciate you, buddy. But uh, yeah, I am super overjoyed, and I can't wait till January thirteenth. All right, don't go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I read somewhere, so I was reading up on like some backstage news right before we got on about why they made the name change. And apparently, higher-up executives, they've gone through so many names over the last like yeah. little yeah. bit. Remember, it was TNA Impact, um, and then it was Impact Wrestling. At one point, it was Global Force Wrestling, no. and then it was Impact Wrestling again. And the reason why they went back to this is basically to kind of <laughs> negate all the other stuff and just go back to the roots and kind yeah. of not overcomplicate things. Well, the- hey, pay- people still call us TNA. Let's just, let's just go back to that. It's just going to be easier. They also apparently held a poll and this is mm. what the fans picked as well. I did not see this poll. It must've been like a, like, you know, I don't know how they sent it out. Yeah. But, I don't know. Um, a whopping amount of the audience um, preferred the name Total Nonstop Action over Impact Wrestling. Um, so yeah, it, it it definitely is a way to try and get some of those those fans back um, that they may have lost. Now, the I don't think a name change is going to help drastically. They need a new TV deal mostly, and maybe the name change will help get a new TV deal. I but think it will. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be moving the needle and you know, making anyone sweat in AEW or WWE when you're only drawing 70,000 people watching your show weekly. And I don't think that's the company's fault because there is a ton of talent here, um, as we saw on this show. I think it's just the the promoting as far as from the network itself. I don't think, yeah. you know, Access TV isn't a big network. I know I don't have, ac- <laughs> no pun intended, access to it. Um, so I can't watch... Well, now TNA on a weekly basis until they get a new TV deal. So that's something they need to work on too. Um, we just talked earlier about CW land or the CW landing in WA. There's got to be a network out there that's more accessible that can land this promotion. Yeah. Um, They're going to bring think, back Spike TV. <laughs> yeah, um, because this this definitely needs a little bit of a shot in the arm. Uh, the talent's there. They just need now more backing from like an actual network. Do you, you have the star in AJ Styles that really took you to the next level? If I'm TNA, I call Will Ospreay and be like, listen, man, we saw you last night. 
what do we have to do to get you on TNA? Because you can really build off of a guy like Will Ospreay that will that can wrestle anybody in that whole company. So that is what I would do. You're not getting punk. So what's the next guy you can build around? I think Will Ospreay is a really good choice. But uh, Dylan, as a show, um, overall, final thoughts, match of the night, and great out 10. Yeah, there, there wasn't a lot of stinkers on this card. Uh, no. The lowest match that I had was the women's title match, and I still gave it a three. Yep. Um, so I think everything was executed pretty well here. I thought the card was laid out really well as far as when matches actually happened. I wish certain matches got more time uh, because I felt like they deserved it, especially the tag team title match. That's the one that kind of bugs me the most is that one only going about 10 minutes. Obviously, the call your shot thing, um, that's going to go 30, 35 minutes just because it's – you know, all yeah. the entrance and, and the, the way that match is formatted. I get that. Um, the main event going over 20 minutes. I get that. Um, but I don't know, dude, I feel like you still could have gotten that video package in by throwing five more minutes at that tag title match. Like, yeah. Um, and a couple more minutes to the opener, but all in all, I thought the card was really, really well done. Um, I thought everyone executed very well. Uh, match of the night easily goes to Osprey and Bailey. Um, definitely one of the best ma- wrestling matches I've seen um, in 2023. So we'll definitely be talking about that in a couple months uh, when we give out our end of the year awards, which Christian gets to be a part of for the first time, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, as far as rating out of 10, I'm going to go 8.1 out of 10. All right, Christian, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to keep this short sweet. I mean, I could say the same thing about the times, but all in all, not a ton of stinkers. I know what I said about the women. But I just I don't really care for Mickey James in 2023, so that's my beef with it, I guess. But other than that, I thought the card was pretty well done, besides some of the timing issues. I can get past that because the matches that needed to hit did hit. We got that banger with Osprey and Speedball, which is obviously my match of the night. I graded it a five. Um, I did see a lot of people complaining about Shelly and Alexander this morning about how it was a drag out fight. But like we said, that uh, fast pace isn't Alexander's style. No. Shelly Shelly needed to be taken to the deep end to be taken seriously as a uh, singles talent. So I think this makes him more well rounded. Yep. Exactly. The X Division title match was a sneaky. Really good. Yep. And uh, that was a match I said could have stole the card, which it didn't steal the card, but yeah. So my match of the night, like I said, Speedball Osprey. Please keep Osprey Impact. You need it. And my grade, I'm going to go with an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I went um, I, I went 8.2 out of 10. Um, Osprey Speedball, obviously, is match of the night. Um, it it could just kind of shows you what I guess now TNA has always been. They've been a little up and down on feuds. This is how they format um, the the uh, the Bound for Glories and basically pay per views as in general. Um, you know, I I think there needs to be a little bit more balance here. I think there needs to be that knockouts title really needed or the knockouts tag team titles needed to be on this. Yeah. So if it's taken away the Monsters Ball. Even though I enjoyed it, I would rather have that match on it. So there needs to be more importance too with those tag those tag team titles, and maybe give it you know another minute or two. But um, 
I, I thought it was still a really fun night. I think uh, everyone pretty much delivered and uh, still a pretty entertaining time. But uh, that is bound for glory. All right, Dylan, dummy out moment of the week. All right, my dummy out moment of the week um, goes to Paul White, formerly known as The Big Show. He appeared on OVW this week. Uh, um, <laughs> a lot of OVW shouts for this episode, by the way. This has nothing to do with OVW themselves, just Paul White. Um, so he was at an OVW taping on the 19th. And he was there with Al Snow. Shout out to Al Snow. Kyle and I got a picture with yep. him. Shout out. He he didn't seem to care about us, but we love you and your giant thing of water that you brought to oh the show. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> um, but anyway, so he he grabs a microphone and he's promoting that AEW is going to be at the KFC Yum Center in Louisville on Wednesday, November 1st for a taping of AEW Dynamite. Uh, he then revealed to fans in attendance and watching at home who have act, uh, who uh, they will have access, excuse me, to a special QR code that is basically um, buy one, get one free on tickets, uh, a two for one for the taping itself. Um, <laughs> he got the date wrong, apparently. He was also there to promote OVW's No Rest for the Wicked event. Um, and he got the date wrong. He said it was October 28th when instead it took place on October 21st. And it was actually Al Snow who had to mouth 21 to him. So he uh, actually got the right date, apparently. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Paul White for uh, showing up on OVW TV for the first time since 2006. Um, and also <laughs> shout out to uh, AVW, uh, uh, AEW um, for doing a buy one, get one free on their tickets. Because based on the pictures that are going around on social media, Man, they need to fill arenas bad. Yeah, they and they. Uh, I don't really have anything to say about that. But uh, all right, Christian, what do you got this week? All right, mine's a pretty simple one. Just something that caught my eye. It does go to Impact for something they did at Bound for Glory, but it goes to their graphics department. When uh, um, I don't know if you guys caught this. I don't know if Kyle seen it live or if Dylan also seen it watching it later taped. But when they were when they announced that uh, Osprey and Speedball would be next. They showed the graphic for ABC versus the Rascals instead of Speedball and Osprey. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. I was like, wait a minute. That ain't right. But yeah, that just caught my eye. I don't know. I kind of giggled at it. A little mistake. Yeah, a little mistake. You know, nothing, you know, nothing too crazy. But uh, that match uh, definitely made up for it, I think. So yeah. <laughs> that Osprey match made up for it. But uh, don't any thoughts on it. No, nah, I mean maybe Scott Demore was just super jazzed up about the uh, the whole TNA announcement that they were planning. He yeah, dude. He, yeah, dude. He was he was doing the gritty backstage, but uh, yeah. All right, so <laughs> my guy was flossing. Um, all right, so uh, Vince always gets half of mine, but the other goes to Vince Russo. So with Triple H seemingly having creative power, Vince Russo himself is not happy with the state of Monday Night Raw, saying that everything on the show is just wrestling with no storylines. I guess Judgment Day and Bloodline Partnership is not interesting. The ongoing fight in the women's title scene. Even the women's tag team scene is getting some shine. They even have some mid-card stuff going on in the women's. Uh, so I guess that's not interesting either. I guess Seth Drew is not interesting. Chad Gable's quest back to Walter and all of those matches are not 
um, don't have a story going in. I get that he preferred the Hogan era, the Stone Cold, you know, Ultimate Warrior and those, you know, those guys. But it's just it's a different time now. Let the pro wrestling speak for itself as this is the best creative team that they have ever had. WWE is not only tending to the mainstream fan anymore and guys like Russo just don't like that. So that's it for, uh, for mine. That's just something that Vince Russo, but uh, Christian, any thoughts? What is that with people named Vince? I don't get it. Yeah. Next. (laughs) I don't, I don't think, I don't think you want me to talk about Vince Russo. We should just end the show. Yeah. Maybe we should just uh, save it for another day. We'll yeah. save for another day. Good, good idea. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what are we doing next week, Dylan? Guess out. All right. Celebration of Black and Gold continues as we are breaking down um, NXT TakeOver London, yep. I believe, is the next one. Um, is this the first time NXT has gone international? Over- yeah, because I, yep. I know the NXT title was defended yes. at Beast in the East, yes. but that was a WWE branded yes. show. That was so a main branded show, yep. Yeah, so I believe this is the first uh, international it is. NXT show, so this is going to yep. be a lot of fun. London crowds are always electric, so I think Christian is in for a treat here. Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to that one next week. Yeah, I uh, already have it watched and graded, and I'm already on my way to the next one, so... Um... <laughs> I am uh, I am fully invested in what's going on, but uh, thanks to everyone that is um, listening every week. Really appreciate it, and uh, we have some really good stuff on the way. But oh, yeah. um, if you guys don't have anything else, uh, we are on the road to WWE Crown Jewel. That should be a fun card too. Should be. No Omos either. Yeah, thank God. <laughs>